0: You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with J&J. <laughs>
1: I'm just When you don't
0: know what to say to start a podcast off, yeah, you might as well start it off with some laughter. With some laughter.
1: Get your 10 belly laughs in. Come yes, on. Yes.
0: Dr. Avery Jackson. You know, I've been reading a lot more of Dr. Caroline Leaf. And interesting enough, in her Think, Learn, Succeed book... On the back cover, Dr. Avery Jackson is someone who reviews the book. I did not know that. apparently they're buddies. I didn't know that. Or colleagues. I read
1: Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Is that her? Ooh, I think that's her. Interesting book. No, no, no. Turn on your... Nope, nope. Switch on your brain. Switch on your brain. Which is like the follow-up to Who Turned Off My Brain? That was one of her books, too.
0: So, It's interesting. Her, you know how people say there's different kind of learning? For, for example, like logical, and then yeah. there's visual, yeah, and then there's on. kinesthetic, hands-on. Yeah. There's spatial. There's different yeah. types of learning. She said that it's not necessarily you have a certain learning type, but it how it progresses through your learning aspect. So the Mm. one you're strongest in is the first way that you receive it. And then the one that your lesson is how you apply it in your life. There's seven different types and there's seven different processes. We each have them in a different order through our learning thought.
1: I'm strongest in hands-on. I'm
0: strongest in interpersonal, which is great for this podcast because I talk, ask questions, we discuss, and that's how I start off. So I wanted to start off by talking about a trip that I took a few weeks ago to Texas. Okay. I really enjoyed Texas, Texas. The, the great state of Texas. The it's the Lone Star. Texas, can you, can, Texas can you shed, is huge.
1: Can you shed some insight on it being the Lone Star state? Yes. Because I feel like people who don't know it, they're like, what, like you're the only star? I was what?
0: wrong. I thought I was for sure. I was so confident that I knew why it was the Lone Star state. And I just voiced it into the atmosphere with my wife being around and got <laughs> quickly corrected by a Texana, which is a Latin woman born in Texas with Texas heritage. So I thought it was because if you look at the shape of Texas, to me, it looks looks like a a star. star. I said, it's the only state that has the shape of a star. She goes, no. If you look at the flag, how many stars are on the flag? I'm like, one. I liked my reasoning much better. But why
1: is there only one star on the flag? I don't
0: have that.
1: But Someone from Colorado who they don't necessarily get along with Texans that much think... It's because they think that they're all that in a bag of chips and they're the only star. Like we're the ones.
0: Mm. I don't think Lone that's star. it. I think I think they need to get a different perspective, maybe go into God's love a little more, gain <laughs> a different perspective of that temporal reality. Man, Pastor Shane's podcast just been keep coming yeah. up. But I enjoyed some great things in Texas. I got to eat from the place that you can't neither confirm nor deny this created brisket. <laughs> Kent Black's barbecue. It's Kent really good. Black's it's barbecue. just called Black's Barbecue, but it's actually in full name. Kent, Kent Black.
1: sounds like a country singer.
0: That's Clint Black. Yeah. So he is a country <laughs> singer. Go. He is not affiliated <laughs> oh, with oh. this. Probably has eaten it in his life. Secondly to that, something that we've been talking about on this podcast, used it as an example numerous times. I got to go to Bucky's. I was so stoked. Bucky's. Listen, I didn't pull out my phone and take many pictures, but there you we should. are from a distance eating at an In-N-Out in New Braunfels, Texas. And you're like, man, like Bucky's is right over there. And I look up and there it is on a long pole, that circular uh, logo of that buck teeth beaver. <laughs> and I pull my phone, I'm taking a picture. And my wife's brother, my brother-in-law goes, you're going to take a picture of that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I just think it's funny. When I went to your wedding in Colorado, I was taking pictures of mountains. I was taking pictures <laughs> of like everything beautiful in the scenery. And you come to Texas and you take a picture of a well, gas station. I, I
1: would have said to your brother-in-law, point out something beautiful I can take a picture of.
0: You know, Purity of my heart did not lead me to that kind of response, (laughs) but it was amazing. I I told you, I don't know what was more impressive, the 120 gas pumps. That's crazy. Or the 29 urinals. Were they high, high priced gas pumps?
1: Like was the gas price high there? Uh. What are we
0: talking about? I didn't really look. I, would, I wanted to get in the store. I wanted to so see So you the didn't candy. even fill up at a bucket. when did it. you were there? No, I did Okay. But I was impressed by their pay rates. They pay very well.
1: Yeah, I heard that, and they got great benefits.
0: Great benefits. First year, you get three weeks paid vacation. Wow. Yeah, starting pay is already at 18 for like a cashier.
1: That's really pretty and, good. And a lot of room to advance. I, a lot I of
0: room to advance. Team leads get up to $33 an hour. That's awesome. Yeah. So hey, Bucky's was
1: great, but I learned something. Brb, I'm going to Bucky's. (laughs) I'm applying for a job. I'm just go get some Beaver
0: nut. Beaver nuts. Nuggets. Nuggets. Yes. Yes. I uh, wanted to say something that I learned. I went to Texas to see my wife's family. It's it's kind of a dual trip, you know. Get to see the (laughs) in-laws. Get to go for Bucky's And the in-laws No, predominantly the in-laws But I wanted to learn a little bit more About my father-in-law Stephen Piscina. So Stephen Piscina, I knew this He really likes Popeye's chicken That's his favorite fast food Is Popeye's We don't have too many of those here You can get one in Grand Junction It's not bad So I said, hey You know what Would it mean a lot to you Like if I came and showed up to your place With some Popeye's chicken And he was like that would be like, like, you know, you're the best ever, pretty much. So I learned his favorite meal at Popeye's. It's the three-piece, not dark meal, three-piece mix and a family-sized red beans and rice. So I encourage you. what do you drink? Ooh. I didn't get that information. But he's all about letting it sit. I know you did two podcasts. We talked about things that are better in two parts. He's like, the longer the food waits, the the bit more I like it. Probably not to the time that you start developing food-based bacteria on it that'll make you (laughs) sick, but let it sit around for a bit. Great time to Texas, but something I did that I very rarely do is I visited another church. I actually went to church on my vacation. Wait, stop. Stop.
1: So you showed up to his door with Bucky's, No, not Bucky's, With
0: Popeye's? I was like... Painting, would that be a blessing oh, in the future?
1: I thought the whole trip was like, you said this beforehand, no. and then you planned a trip without knowing and he showed no, up to his door. That would be great. You should do it next time.
0: I, I know. Now I know what he likes. Yeah, okay. I didn't get the drink, yeah, it but it's like an hour and a half to get from um, San Antonio oh. to where he is. The drink's going to be watered down and nasty anyways. Yeah. Uh, I ain't <laughs> okay, getting get him no sweet tea. All right.
1: So you went to Texas and you went to a different church.
0: Yes. Tell you know. Me, I, tell me more. I don't normally go to church on my vacation. Ain't nothing but a holiday. Okay, we're good enough. Why did I go? I wanted to go to church. And also, I've been chewing on the thoughts for this podcast for a while. I wanted to do this one. It's titled Church Pro Tips. Nice. We've had another Pro Tips episode. Do you know what it was? Parenting Pro
1: Tips with with Dan Dan Kale. Kale. Shout out to Dan Kale. He shares our stuff on Christian Compass of the the Rory Fork Valley. Thank you, sir.
0: So I wanted to talk about that, and I realized something showing up to church at a new church. I got some anxiety. I was like, this is kind of nerve-wracking mm-hmm. to show up to a church that you haven't gone before. I've gone so long to this church, and it's, it's just home that I forget what people deal with when they show up to church for the first time. And yeah. before I get into that, I want to let you know who this podcast is for For. First off, three different people. First off, the newcomer. Maybe you just got this podcast. Maybe you're not Mm. going to church anywhere. Hopefully this inspires you to start Mm. coming into the house of God and get great friends. I mean, our friendship wouldn't have happened, would not have happened unless I got to church. The job that I have, I'm employed Mm. by the church. Wow. Praise God. Secondly, for the online people. Okay, I don't want to be too hard on online people. I know some people have health issues that keeps them in home and how to do that i'm not talking to you i'm talking to the online person who just rarely goes to church and normally falls for the convenience of watching online yeah i want to encourage
1: you double-edged sword there that online live stream
0: yeah it I'm empowers not it. and enables yeah so i'm talking to you i don't have to call you by name because i don't know who you are <laughs> but maybe this inspires you give back in the house of god and last but not least the regular The regular, who's maybe falling apathetic about their church experience on a Sunday at the 8.30 or the Mm -hmm. 10.30 or the 6 p.m. at night, and they're just going through the motions, maybe this kicks you out of apathy. Come on. So anyways, shout out to the church I visited in Texas. It's in a small town of Kennedy, Texas, which is 3,000 people. Uh, South Texas, you're about an hour and a half away from... uh, Corpus Christi, which you go, hour and a half, that's not too close. When you look at how big Texas is, an hour and a half is like 10 minutes away. Yeah. Everything is huge in Texas. It's yeah. true. It
1: takes 33 hours to drive from one part of Texas all the way down to the other part.
0: It's amazing how big it is. So I decided I was going to go. They were connected to this church. My pastor knew what pastor. I hadn't talked to the pastor of Word Fellowship in Kennedy, Texas. Shout out to Pastor Trey Hill. Uh, Maybe someday he'll listen to this. That would be cool. But I was just shocked at all the things that I take for granted when I come into church. Like, where do I park? What door do I go in? What side do I go to once I get in the church? (laughs) Where are the bathrooms? You know, All these questions. So maybe you're listening and you serve on a parking lot team or you serve as a guide or greeter. Your role is a great role. It, It It grabs... It grabs the heart of people and tells them you don't need to be anxious about this experience mm-hmm. and allows them to feel home at the church. Do not disvalue the part you play at NCC. Glory to God. Have anything to say up to this point? Um,
1: I'll keep going. I'm still listening. And, and then also shout
0: saying. out to the ushers. I know the ushers yeah. you get walked by so many times, like not yeah. even acknowledged. I try to say hey, thank you, good to see you right. to the usher, but I walked him like. I don't want to sit in somebody else's seat. Do they have like team members sitting at certain part of the church? I tried to find where to sit. All of those things, there's people playing a role in the church that help in those areas. And it may not mean much to the person who's been going to the church for 10 years, but it's a person coming in new, extremely important, valuable and cultivates an atmosphere where they can receive from God.
1: So we take the time to do that in a lot of, uh, worldly business environments or, you know, you walk into Disney World, um, you know, they have pretty appropriate signage, where you need to go, where this ride is, da-da-da-da-da. That ain't going into eternity. Sorry. Disney World's not going to be around. But uh, what you learn in the church will be. And so something with that much of a lasting impact, you want to make sure that people have the right heart to receive. And so on my personal team that I run, called Productions, we have one motto. It's called Set the Table. And eliminate distractions. So all of the things that you just talked about and that you will talk about, when done rightly, are eliminating distractions for people to receive the Word.
0: Agreed. Go ahead. Very well stated. So I know that was more on serving. My main points today that i bring out of what i talk about aren't going to be necessarily about serving it's going to be about attending and just being in a service but hopefully for those of you who serve and i want to encourage you there is a part for every person to play at ncc if you're listening to this and you're not on a team if you're not connected through serving in the local church find your place because you have one well
1: i just want to come to church
0: I know. I don't and want to serve. right now, to you, that seems as good as it can get. But you don't know what it's like to give of the God-given grace in Ooh. your life in the house. Because the Bible says, more than just the Bible, words in red in the Ooh. book of Acts says it's more blessed to give than right. to receive. You're enjoying the blessing so you, of attending. You're telling me there's more. Be doubly blessed by the Ooh. blessing of serving.
1: You're telling me there's more.
0: Yes. And you go, John, my church is going on the Mount. My church is... Uh, fishing on the lake fishing on the lake let me give you two scriptures one old testament one new testament psalm 122 one says i was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord a <laughs> couple things i noticed here first off i was glad let's be honest you may put a smile on your face but maybe you've grown apathetic to the experience of coming in to the house of the lord secondly when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord again not going to be too hard on our online viewers but if you can if it's possible and if building. it's available get in the building that's psalm 122 1 i was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord second one maybe the most known verse on attending church being a part of the body of christ mm-hmm. is hebrews ten twenty-five. and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I don't know where we are on the timeline of the last days, but I do know that we're closer now to Jesus's return than ever. And people after COVID are in the building less than they were before COVID. Mm -hmm. It's time to come back. It's time to gather together in the church.
1: I'm ringing the dinner bell.
0: Praise God. That reminds me of a quote by Brother Hagan, You know what he said?
1: Healing is the dinner bell to salvation. So I
0: encourage you, extend your hands, lay hands on people, see them get healed, and then be prepared with the prayer of salvation. You'll see people you get go. saved. Amen. That's for you, <laughs> Joe, if you're listening to this podcast, train people how to get saved. Not Joe D'Elia, Joe Minister Joe. What's oh. his last name?
1: I don't know. I just know him as Brother
0: Joe. Brother Joe. A shout out to you. Okay. I've got seven tips. We'll yeah. go through them somewhat quick. The pro tips for coming to church. First things first, get there early. I want you to show up to the parking lot early. A lot of people like to roll into worship late. Numerous reasons. But let's just pretend there's no ill motive. And it's not that you don't want to talk to people. Maybe you just get out of the church I get out of your house late. I encourage you. I'm late to things rarely. The reason being is I'm normally 15 minutes early to everything I do. Why is that? Because that's a buffer for anything that goes wrong, like traffic. A lot of times when I hear that, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be late. Traffic was an issue today. I personally think, shouldn't be too judgmental, <laughs> you should think that traffic is probably going to be an issue in the morning yeah. when most people are on the road, so come early. You go, well, John, what happens if I get to church early? It doesn't start 8 8.30. Well, I got some ideas. First off, maybe sit in your car for a little bit and pray and prepare your heart to go mm. into the house of God. Secondly, get inside the building and meet someone, yeah. have a conversation with someone. When I was at the Word of uh, the Word Fellowship, I got there about five minutes early. I sat. And my God, I don't know. My heart's beating a little fast. It's kind of weird, <laughs> but I'm gonna go in there. And I saw the pastor. I looked up the uh, website. I saw the pastor. I saw him go through this one door. I'm like. It's probably the door I need to go in. I went in. I talked to the greeter. I walked up to the chair. Numerous people came up to me. I already was connected to the church before the first song was sang, before yeah. the pastor preached the message. Get there early.
1: Yeah, I'd say another reason to get there early, or at least on time, is that the entire uh, service that you're going to, the entirety of it is a worship service. And you know, so many times we can we disconnect different parts of like, Oh, uh, the beginning, that's just music. You know, the Word is the most important part, or vice versa. It's all working together for God to minister to you. So you want to get the full experience. You know, if you, if you come late to a five-course meal, um, you might still get fed, but you ain't getting the full experience. Um, so I would encourage you, show up early, because one of the main reasons for the worship aspect of it is to help prepare your heart to receive the Word. So, like you said, I like get in your car early, pray, all that kind of stuff. But when you get into the house early and are engaged in worship, it helps your heart open up that much more.
0: Can I be even really practical right now? Yeah. You drank coffee that morning. You got to pee. <laughs> get there early enough <laughs> to go, go to pee. the bathroom and still be there before the timer on the countdown yeah. for worship hits one.
1: I agree. It was yesterday. It was really funny because we, me and my wife, were driving and we were late to a. It was two nights ago. We were late to a dinner reservation, and I was like, "This gives me so much anxiety being late." Um, and then I was just thinking about how I don't like it when people are late, and I'm like, "How much of my anxiety am I getting giving other people when I'm this when I'm this late?" It's good. And I and we talked about like we leave at a appropriate time if everything goes right and if our kids don't cry that's right the point we literally wa- we talked ourselves through this i'm like okay we gave ourselves 30 minutes okay that's if both kids aren't crying neither of them have to go to the bathroom we don't have to get gas there's not traffic right never do any does anything go go right right so yeah you got to give yourself a little bit of and there are a lot of things that might be out of your control and you still might be late but 15-minute buffer, that's pretty good. But let's do a
0: cost-benefit analysis. What is your cost? Maybe you don't do something at home, but you're preserving your mental health, and you're giving yourself an opportunity to connect with people in the church for that time before service, which really, the church isn't just the building, isn't just the songs we sing, it's the people who serve there and sing the songs with you. All right, secondly, you're in the church, sit up front get up front. You go, John, really? Can you really say that's important? I really believe it, Cain. I'll let you know why I can say that because I'm someone who ministers. I'm someone who's done some teaching. I'm the one, someone who shares. And it's just, it, it, it's strange when you're looking over empty rows to see people sitting in the back. It's harder for the person to share if people are sitting in the back than if they're sitting forward and they're active in the service. I really believe that.
1: I agree 100%. Usually the people who are wanting to receive the most are sitting the closest, and you might be thinking, well, that's not necessarily me. But when you force yourself to sit up front, you actually force yourself to not do certain habits that might distract you from receiving, like being on your phone or going to the bathroom because you're like, I'm going to have to walk in front of all these people. And
0: if I'm sitting in the front row and I'm (laughs) like... Filling out my checkbook, man, if Pastor Mark's preaching, he might see me filling out my checkbook. Right. What am I doing if if I'm a, you know, all these different things.
1: It's a very good self-discipline.
0: So it helps people share, meaning the minister. Secondly, it keeps you focused. And thirdly, probably the most important, it encourages unity in the service. You may yeah. want your elbow room. You might want a bunch of different things around. But some of my favorite moments in a church service is when I'm with somebody who's Uh, fiery for God as well and something's being shared and I hear them amen and I'm looking back at them like this is good and you can sense when the unity Mm. and the corporate unity comes into a room and honestly it has to do with our actions and one of those is get up front get as close as you can truth be told when I was in Texas I did not sit in the front row but I sat in the third row first time visitor pretty close Um, get up as close as you can a
1: few weeks ago during a Sunday night Uh, a lot of people were sitting on the wings and Pastor Mark encouraged everybody to sit in the middle and once everybody sat in the middle there was like such a a tangible atmosphere shift there was like an expectation that was there there was a spirit of unity all in the middle and we had a great service where he prayed over people there was prophetic words like all that kind of stuff when you see when you see like the ministry gifts that you read about in the Bible it's as the spirit wills but the spirit I think the Spirit is really always willing to try and operate in some gift, one, two, or more, but it's really dependent on our our expectation and our spirit of unity. He moves through atmospheres of unity. So that was really awesome to see.
0: Right. And Pastor Mark, as staff members, has encouraged us. He doesn't make us. He wants it to be from our own heart and our own revelation, but this is something that helps me minister. Can you move forward? And I mentioned this before in the podcast, but I want to mention it again. I remember when Mark Brzee was there, I was sitting near the front and Pastor Mark Brzee encouraged and corrected the congregation saying, Pastor Mark's only accessing 30% of what's in him. That's crazy. And I know I'm not getting oppressive. I'm not getting in condemnation, but I know there's some responsibility in Mm -hmm. us to create and draw upon the gift of God in Pastor Mark so there can be more. And I just remember being in prayer and God told me that I need to help Pastor Mark set an atmosphere for miracles. And part of that sitting up front. That's so good. first one, get there early, sit up front. Third, verbally respond. It's not real hard, but we go to a church and maybe you do, if you're like a Catholic and it's really quiet or Presbyterian and that's where God's called you and this isn't your jam, then follow what God's called you to do. (laughs) But we're at a place where it's good to raise your voice in worship, verbally respond Mm -hmm. in worship. When uh, somebody asks a question, respond. I love it. I've got a friend in San Antonio called Jay Allen Mendoza. And he said, I'm a back preacher. And most everyone I know at NCC is a back preacher. You're not going to yeah. offend them by agreeing with them and saying, amen. Yes, sir. That's a good word. Go ahead. <laughs> Glory to God. It's going to, again, add unity to the service.
1: Tell it like it's supposed to be told pastor.
0: If that's your way of saying it, <laughs> say it that way too. <laughs> I think it's good. I yeah, think... and it's good
1: to hear your own voice agreeing with the Word of God.
0: Yes. It, it, it's another way to connect with what's heard. It's not just it coming in your ear gates. It's coming out your mouth gate. And that's another way to get it not only in your mind yeah. but in your heart.
1: All of it is, is active participation, um, and it's, it's being a participant in the service instead of somebody in the, in, on the—it's like playing in the game, yeah. right? So you could that. be sitting in the middle and not be in the game. Absolutely. Right? So it's making you an active participant, and that's what needs to be happening. We're doing church, we're doing life together. So it's not It's not just let the pastor just tell you what to do.
0: And I understand there's different levels. There's people yeah. that are very reserved, and I'm not asking you to change your whole makeup. You may look at someone like Vanessa Lane. I'm going to use the name. Hey, she she acknowledges that she's very yeah. loud in worship. You may not be like her. But is there another level of sacrifice and worship that you could maybe go a little bit farther? Maybe you maybe you actually sing the song instead right. of just thinking about the song. Right. What can you give in that time? And that leads me right to my next point. Give. So first off, we're kind of going through the flow of a service. Get there early. Sit up front. Verbally respond. But next one give. Number four is give. Luke six thirty eight says, given it shall be given unto you, press down, shaking together and running over. I remember yeah. when I was going to church in Texas, it's not my predominant church. It's not the church I'm connected to. It's not my storehouse, but I knew I want to give something. So I made sure mm-hmm. to get some cash. I didn't have any cash. I went by a uh, circle K cause they got a lot of circle K's there. I bought some gum. I'm like, hopefully they give me the cash back option. I got some cash <laughs> back cause I wanted to give. Why do I want to give? Because there's a biblical principle that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So if you're going, man, why am I not passionate about church? Why am I not passionate about these things? Try putting some of your treasure, tu dinero, your money, into the church and watch your desires for the church change.
1: That's so good.
0: All right. So give. What's the next one? Take notes. Don't just speak it out. Write it out. If you do both of these, you can live it out. Say it again. So after giving, number five is take notes. Don't just speak it out, write it out. If you do both of these, you can live it out.
1: Amen. Some of the messages I remember the most are the messages I took notes on. Yeah. So the message that Pastor Tasha had just preached about uh, loving and supporting the body, there were slides that which was helpful, but I took some notes on my phone and I'm still remembering
0: it. Yeah, it's good. And Reference those notes. So just look at it. First off, you're showing up, you're sitting up front, which eliminates distraction, changes the way you do. You're verbally responding, so you're not just taking it into your eyes, you're opening your mouth, and then you're moving your hands to take notes. This is just your value of the Word of God and the presence of God and what's going on in the church that's instilling and birthing this in your life.
1: Mm. I was just thinking about that song um, from Eddie James when he goes on that run when he's talking about needing revival. I think let it's it the rain. let it rain. And he's talking about the rain of the, the spirit and the presence of God. And he goes, we need your rain until people stop looking at their watches on a Sunday morning. So you're proving right then and there, what's most valuable to you. Um, your, your time is valuable, but time in the presence is in, invaluable. That's what I mean, yeah, you can't put a price MasterCard. tag on that.
0: Or is it discover It's mastercard? It's priceless.
1: It's priceless. Yeah. It's yeah. mastercard.
0: Okay. Yeah. God, I'm not comparing you to the credit. I guess I did. God, I can't lie. All things are naked and open before you. All right, next one. Don't leave until you've connected with someone new. So here's the deal. You've done all that. You've given, you've taken notes, messages over. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me. Biden's fault. We'll see you at 6 p.m. You may have the instinct to let's peace out. Let's go for the door because I don't know anyone anyone. Uh, it seems like everyone else, there's a, there's a flow, there's a current of this church and it's to go to the double doors immediately. <laughs> go against the grain, fight the, swim against the current. All mm. right. And the reason being, I just want to give you this reason. I bet you would love for someone to connect with you, especially if you're new, maybe mm-hmm. you're not new and it's just so routine for you that I've got stuff to do. My grandkids are coming by, right. but for the person who's come for the first time, they're wishing someone would... Go and approach them. Right. So I want you to give someone what you would yeah. like to receive.
1: Right. And sometimes you think, oh, somebody else will greet them. But a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing. And this is like one of the most easiest like rules to just apply in your own life. If everybody in the world did that exact same thing, what, what, what would be the outcome? Right. So in a church, if everybody thought like you did, oh, somebody else will greet them, guess what? That person would go ungreeted and would never come back.
0: And I'm so thankful for the church that I visited. It wasn't a big church, but. It seemed like the whole church approached me and was like, Hey, how are you? What's your name? Where are you from? Awesome. How'd you learn about this? So thankful to have you. It meant a ton to me and it means a ton to other people. I know some people are reserved. You don't have to ask them for their social security and you shouldn't do that. That's not appropriate. <laughs> but you can offer your name and you can ask their name and you can tell them, thank you so much with a smile yeah. for coming and to church today. remember name. I'm, so- I'm really I'm sorry, bad you know. at
1: that. So now when I meet someone, in order to remember their name, I repeat it in my head like 20 times and I... I spaced out on the first 20 seconds of our conversation. I'm like, hey, what's your name? They say Robert. And I go, Robert, 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 Robert. They're like, Yeah, you know, just moved here from Tempe and you know, wife and the kids, I got a new job, and so we're looking for a local church. I didn't hear any
0: of that, but I remembered his name was Robert. That means something. You know your name. (laughs) God knows your name. We talked about that in the podcast. Yeah. So that's the first six, and then we're gonna get to a seventh, but I wanna go over all six. First one, get there early. Second, sit up front. Third, verbally respond. Fourth, give. Five, take notes. Six, don't leave until you connected with someone new, no matter how long you've gone to the church. And number seven, this one is the one that connects with all of them. Be passionate. So I know passion has to do with what you're willing to suffer for. So I may not have the best definition, but this is what God really talked to me about, I believe, just through communing with him and taking some time alone on what this means for me. Because I thought, what do I want my core values to be? I know we have core values at this church. I know places people work, there's a culture, but what do I want to be known for? And I want to be known for someone who's passionate. And I thought, what does that mean for me? And this is my definition. Someone who is deeply invested in the present moment. I want to be deeply invested in the present moment. And I'll be honest, it's easy to fall away from that in church. But be passionate in all you do, whether it's getting there early. If you're there early and you're with people in the foyer, be passionate about it. If you're sitting up front, love the fact that you're up there and that you're engaging in worship, Mm -hmm. verbally responding. Be present in the moment. Don't be thinking about lunch. Don't be thinking about, where's this other person? What are they doing? Oh, oh, man, we're going to do this song again. No, be deeply invested in the present moment. Be passionate. Amen. I think... A
1: lot of times we get this wrong because we think, okay, I'm going to wait for the passion to come and then I'll sit up front. I'm going to wait for the passion to come and then I'll give. Sometimes it works that way. That's cool. You get passionate about something before you go do it. But most of the things in the kingdom of God really require a sacrifice of the flesh. And you do that and then the passion comes or then the grace for that moment comes. So I say like if you're waiting for just tons of passion in order to do these first six steps, some of you might be waiting a pretty long time, but I would say do them as an act of faith and watch that passion come. Yeah. Don't, but yeah, but your passion, it's a little bit different because it's talking about being present in the moment. So there, it's a little different. I, I understand that, but,
0: an but, excitement but, how, for, but I just thought about it. How, if I want to be a person of passion, what does a person of passion look like? To me, it looks like someone who's deeply invested in every moment. Like, look at Jeff Serbiu. I would say he's very passionate. But why is he that? Because when he's talking to you, it's like, hey, good to see you. When he's doing sound or he's unlocking doors, he walks with his head down, like, I'm going to do the doors. And if I pass anybody, I'm going to be present with them in that moment. That's what makes him passionate. Mm -hmm. And what makes the church experience great for you is if you're passionate in everything you do and you go... What's going on? And why are you doing this podcast? Why is it important? Because the body of Christ is very important. And just as I said earlier, I feel somewhat of a responsibility to present and prepare an atmosphere where miracles can happen. (laughs) Miracles. Miracles. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God, miracles. (laughs) Where miracles can happen, and that comes not just for me. But for people who need miracles, for the person who has a terminal cancer and is literally dying, mm-hmm. I'm not carrying all that weight and responsibility. Come on, you got to hear it by the grace of God. But how we respond in a body, in the building, affects what people can get in the building, mm-hmm. and I want to be mindful of that so my experience yeah. can be better and their life can be fulfilled. Right.
1: So I was thinking about um, someone who who is needs a, like in a who needs a transplant, and there's an organ donor. They can be a perfect match, but in order for it to be a successful transplant, the host body has to receive it. And so there's obviously two options. The body will receive it or the body will reject it, and that person and that organ ends up dying. I think it's a very profound parallel when it comes to the body of Christ. There are people coming in who are looking to be engrafted into the body of Christ, and we thought we think like, well, that's between them and God and their heart, if they're offended, that's their deal. There's an element of responsibility that lies on them, yes. But we as the host body right, are receiving that, not that like we're sick and we need a transplant, but just somebody we're receiving assimilation. in assimilation. Assimilation. That's the word. We have more responsibility in receiving that new transplant. And if we if we reject them and not receive them just like in the natural, the body can die and that organ can die. I mean, if this happens too many times over and over again, this church body will die. So it's very important. Um, Don't just put the responsibility on the people coming in.
0: Yeah, amen. So those three people that you are included in, first off, you're a newcomer, you don't go to church, you're wondering what church is about, you're not used to it, start coming. For those of you that could come to church, but you enjoy the convenience of online, Come back in the house. And thirdly, if you've grown apathetic and you regularly attend, be passionate. Be deeply invested in the church experience. Watch God move in mighty ways for you and for others. I'm ready for the wisdom of the day.
1: That was a good wrap-up. I wanted to say this, too. Well,
0: I'm sorry. I feel no, like I do it, that every no, podcast. Like, well, I'm like, wisdom of the day, and you're like, I got something else.
1: Um. It, well, I can just put it into the wisdom of the day. So your first point of getting there early so you can connect with people— Um, I'll have to say the closest friendships that I have were all formulated in the church and they're so strong in the church that we hang out with these people outside of the church. So I'm just thinking like, um, I don't know, we're centered, we're centered around a a common goal, but the thing that we're centered around is eternal. So there are a lot of friends that happen outside of these church walls that are fine. They're great, but they They are based off of things that are temporary. And so when those things go away, those friendships go away. Um, but making friends around something that's eternal is, is lasting. I mean, I can't, it's priceless. It's priceless. I can't formulate what I'm thinking and feeling in my heart, but hopefully I said it well. Uh, I just can't put enough emphasis on friendships developed in the church.
0: Praise God. That's Um, great wisdom. My wisdom honestly felt like it got almost hijacked by you. I love the (laughs) organ donor translation that there's responsibility on both parts. Yeah. The responsibility of the organ to assimilate to the body, but also for the body to receive the organ. And just to realize, man, Pastor Mark's been hitting on this. Like people are sick and dying because... We're not considering the body. Well, hopefully what I did in this podcast and we did is consider the whole body, not just the experience for us, but the experience for others. That was great. And kind of remember the vein, the heart, the culture and it all is to be deeply invested in the present moment when you're in church. And I believe God will do mighty things because he will be reverenced. And where God is reverenced, he shows up in strong ways. Amen. Would you pray us out? Didn't I pray out last time? I just feel glad to have you pray.
1: <laughs> okay, I will pray us out. Um, Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for your blood. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that we have communion with the Holy Spirit, and we get to have communion with other people in the body of Christ. I thank you that you've called us and put us in the body. You said that you put members in the body as you please, and you position them as you please. So I pray, Father God, that we would all understand that we have a position, a role, and a part to play in the body. It's bigger than ourselves. Our What we do affects other people. Um, so I just pray, Father God, that we would be active participants in our local church bodies, Father God, that we would put a draw on the gifts and the ministry gifts that we see in the body, Father God, and that we would just begin to just not see it as something an obligation or just a a check on the box once a week but really it's family it's people that we do life with and i just pray father god that you give us different and unique perspective especially if we've been coming to a church for a really long time help us gain that perspective of a newcomer it's the golden rule it's what jesus talked about uh, do unto others as you would like to be done to yourself um that we would actually get the heart of what that means and i think when we do that um the body becomes larger and healthier So thank you for helping us do that. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. And thank you for listening. And let me just say this. I'll see you in church before you hear us next time on on. the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J&J.